Welcome to the College Church Sabbath School Podcast, where each week Pastor Anar Ram and Elder Roger Prather will be diving into the weekly lesson from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The congregation at the College Church has made it their motto to love, grow, and serve. We really want to learn to love more, grow more, and serve more. It is our hope that through these conversations, we can learn to better serve our congregation, our local community, and the world. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you are blessed with today's conversation. Welcome to the College Church Sabbath School Podcast. So we are so blessed and honored that you are allowing us to be part of your lives. We hope that we are are a blessing to you and that this time will edify your spiritual walk. And um, you might know I'm Pastor Anar Ram, and with me at this podcast are Daniel Thomas and also Roger Prather. And uh, thank you for being uh, listening. We hope that you'll be edified by this. We've started a new Sabbath School quarterly. The title is God's Mission, My Mission. We are looking at lesson number three, God's Call to Mission. And... Uh, we're, we're not going to just get theological here. We're going to get a little bit sociology, a little bit psychology in the sense that the key is getting out of our comfort zones, Amen. which is something that we naturally, naturally push against. We like to be in our comfort zone. And what we see in the Bible over and over and over again is God either himself getting out of his comfort zone or telling others to get out of their comfort zone. And that's a very, very important part of the formula here about mission. So as we get started, Roger, would you pray for us as we get started? Sure. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the technology. We thank you for the listeners, and I thank you for uh, the three of us that are here in this room. Thank you for providing us with this equipment Hmm. and the space and the opportunity to serve you. I pray that it'll be a blessing, not only to us, but to anyone who comes across this soon or way down the line. We ask Hmm. all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're looking here. God's called the mission, and the, the, the memory text is an important one, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So it's a good text to sort of springboard off of into our week's lesson here. And, And it's interesting you know, the Greek word there would be for power, be dynamos, get the word dynamite, yeah. when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And, and you know, as I was going over this lesson earlier today, it's like, do we, Roger, Daniel, do we have the Holy Spirit upon us now? Mm. Are we presuming we do? Or do we, by definition, as believers in Christ, have the Holy Spirit? Let me uh, back up. I want to talk about your Greek for a second. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's bad. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, the dynamite reference is is lexically true, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not the only word. 
Right. Um, and that's not necessarily, I don't, this is me doing some exegesis here. That's not necessarily, I think, the way we should always think of power. Sure, it could be dy dynamite, mm -hmm. but another word from that same Greek root is dynamic. Power, mm -hmm. power changes, right? You think of an atom bomb, the, 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 the energy that's released when matter changes uh, its form. And in terms of this text, I would just note how radical it is for the Jewish Messiah to be telling his disciples that you're going to witness in Samaria. Mm. So you're going to be going to people that you might not necessarily think ought to receive this gospel that I've given you. Yeah. And there you have that dynamic aspect. God is dynamic in the sense that he adapts and changes. And we have to be willing to adapt and change in the way that God expects us to. That's how I would apply that. I like that addition. And to jump on Roger's Greek, good stuff. Um, I think of music. Mm. Uh. Classical with the harpsichord, aesthetic. It was monotone, instrument. It could not. That's part of why it loses out to the piano. The piano is dynamic. And so that fluctuation of frequency. Yeah that moving back and forth of sound that's what's happening in the ministry yeah and the sumerians let's face it the jews didn't like them mm, right. they were considered um spiritually impure and um so so beautiful I, I love the way you gentlemen handle this because one there's the punch there's power mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then on the other end there's that frequency and maybe you asked us earlier, Pastor, do we have or do we look at ourselves as having the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's that concept of frequency and, and vibration, vibration that we are missing, yeah. which is why I would classify, to answer your question, in terms of missions, I think that's where we are failing in some aspect. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like an old ship that's got a lot of guns, but it's not using them. Mm, yeah. Let's mop yeah. all of them. So yeah, yeah. And Good stuff. and some some thought. Well, <clears throat> Christian leader I like to listen to sometimes talks about everything's based off vibrations. Yes. And when we think about it, you know, there's that that old song, uh, the Beach Boys, "Good Vibrations." Good vibrations. You right. know, what are our vibrations? Mm. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, what is the vibration that that we emit? Yes. And and I think. A vibration can change other objects. Yes. You know, it, supposedly if you get the right vibration, you can break that glass over there. Right. If you get the right vibration and, and earthquakes about vibrations mm -hmm. and so forth. And, and uh, it's, it's about, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah, good way to think about this. So, <laughs> well, I mean, if I was, it, uh, this is a little more, um, more of a sermon illustration than any sort of like in-depth uh, uh, hermeneutics or anything like that. But if you want the power, like that punch power, of the, that's the thing we, we think like, okay, God, send the, you know, we pray, right. send the Holy Spirit, make our efforts fruitful. You know, we're going to, we're going to do this thing out in the community, whatever it is, we're going to, um, uh, you know, we're going to have a festival. We're going to have a booth at the Sterling fair. We're going to preach an evangelistic series. We're going to offer, Mm -hmm. uh, free blood pressure checks at the mall, whatever it is, right? And yep. we expect there to be this punch, right? Right? There's gonna be like the people are gonna be breaking down our door or something. Yeah. 
but then we never stop to ask like to use your illustration are we vibrating when we do that are we vibrating at the same frequency of the holy spirit right right are we being dynamic yeah in order to get the dynamite Ooh, you can use that next okay next. sounds good <laughs> i love sounds it good. i like I that. that i like that i love and it. it's interesting because paul talks about let us keep in step with the spirit mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're making me think in vibration with the spirit. So, yes. um, well, listen, here is, uh, we're going to get to Genesis 11 because that's talking about the vibration of the world where, and I don't know how much time we have to read. I don't know if we're going to read the whole story, but Genesis 11, mm-hmm. uh, 1 through 11, okay. talks about, of course, this moment when humanity comes together and they say here in verse 3, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Yes. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. How are we doing that today? Mm. My friends, I think we are with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. And and one pastor like to to listen to He's talking about, you know, you have to contrast this Babel with, and call it the city of man. Hmm. Contrast that with the city of God. And so we are very good at building cities of man. Hmm. But God has obviously not ordained this. And so he says, look, this isn't a good thing. And so he confuses their language and uh, ultimately the name is called Babel. Hmm. And um, it's very interesting that what I see here is is a lot of self-absorption is going on here. And it's interesting, happened to catch a television commercial just the other day, and there's actually a new cologne coming out called Myself. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I did see that. Yeah, myself, <laughs> myself, I mean, let me, let me start the day with a, spr- a spritz of myself. <laughs> I mean, is this absurd or what? Yeah. And and I and if you happen to wear in that cologne right now, it's nothing personal. <laughs> I just would have a quibble with the name myself. But um, anyway, I'm not wearing that cologne. It, you, what's that? I'm not wearing that. Yeah. Cologne. Okay. Okay. And and Roger's quiet over there. So he, he, uh, we're he sorry, is. Roger. We're sorry. No, it's, I'm just amazed. You know, it's like movies. They're running out of good ideas. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> running out of good ideas. Can I can I bring out one thing in uh, eleven uh, Genesis eleven? Yeah, please do. So uh, they the the author here makes a very explicit distinction between uh stone and brick yeah stone is natural right uh, if you recall from the building of altars later on yep. they're always to be built with uh natural stone and not uh, man-made bricks so you're you what you have here is you have uh, the handiwork of god being figuratively compared with human technology human effort yep. and i cannot help myself but when the egyptian when god's people are in bondage mm-hmm. they are forced to make Mm-hmm. bricks yeah. and ultimately bricks without straw yep. think about that so you see a contrast here of these two worlds mm-hmm. and and uh, you know we are most people I mean I think we're born to use that term we're in exile we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're born in this other country the key is have we found our way back to the country we're supposed to be a part of 
this is so radical that God, of course, will tap a guy named Abram on the shoulder and he says, get out of the country you're in. Yes. Leave it behind. We're going to start something brand new. We're going to do something new. It's all out of faith. But, uh, you know, I, I couldn't help but, um, as you gentlemen were talking about the using of stone, and um, this is in verse 3 of the text. It says, and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um, they had brick for stone. It's Roger's point, and they had asphalt for mortar. I spent um, a good amount of time in Iraq mm-hmm. when I was there, and um, this was one of the interesting things for me because um, the the material, the building material, is very common there. Mm-hmm. Um, you dig certain places, and you can find uh, material. Wow. Um, that's fired from um, from bitumen mm. and the materials right right there, right there so that, you know, we know Abraham came from Ur of the mm-hmm. Chaldees, so he's in this region. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of this natural material huh. just naturally existing um, to make this pseudo structure. Um, my professor in college, he'd say a, a pseudo mountain of God in essence. Yeah, they are they are building their way to this kingdom yep. um, with their own hands. Yeah, and and I love what you gents were saying with this. It is all about self. It's 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 an yep. inward doing. It is. It's um, no aspect of this building has anything to do with a loving God. It's it's striving to be like God on my own strength, mm-hmm. on my own mm-hmm. efforts. God is out of the picture. Right. Um, and of course, later we get in verse 4 where God says, come, let's see what's going on. He conducts an investigative judgment, and they're found wanting. And of course, mm-hmm. in the context of mission, are we are we going out and conducting missions so that we can say, look at what the college church, look at what the Seventh-day Adventist church has accomplished? Or are you going out there and with humility saying, look at what God has accomplished right. using yes. me mm-hmm. just as a tool? Yeah. Right. And that's a huge distinction. And I think it's a line that we we cross often. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So so the Tower of Babel, it's it's, uh, uh, you know, I think this is where most people put their energies mm-hmm. and we are called to a different way of living. And uh, of course, it shifts gear to uh, Genesis chapter 12. And we're on Monday's lesson. And where this guy named Abram gets called, mm-hmm. and he said, "Look, uh, you know, leave where you are, and I'm going to make you into a great nation. Yes, I'm going to bless you, and uh, the, essentially the world will be changed." Now, uh, Abram was still a free moral agent. He could have said, "No, I ain't going," and quite literally, the history of the earth would have been changed. Mm-hmm. But he said, "Yes," he said, "Yes." And he goes. And for some reason, the author of this lesson has us looking at this story here in relationship to mission. So bring it home for me, guys, here. What's, what's, what's the tie-in here? What's the tie-in with Abram and mission? How do these, let's connect the dots here. Well, I, I want to go back to the conversation that you guys were having before we started recording. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of 
soaking it in and you were just you were you were kind of contrasting the garden of eden and the tower of babel and in the lesson it kind of emphasizes babel like god wanted to spread people around you know he wanted yep. to get them to move around and and obey and you know, like you use the term rebellion um, and I think there's a lot of contrast here, right? Like nothing that's in the Bible, none of the biblical authors wrote, they, they weren't just, ma- you know, just sitting down like, I think I'll write a story today. Right. You know, everything was very intentional. And so that contrast between Eden, right? So you have this paradise that's created by God yep. and humans reach and grasp something that they're not entitled to mm-hmm. and that. And we often get like hung up on like, well, what, what, what was the fruit? Yeah. And it, it's not so much the fruit, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we like, we, we, we tend to interpret that as meaning something like, you know, Adam and Eve were perfectly innocent. They didn't know sin, but just using logic, right? So here you have two human beings and God says, uh, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Now, if they had no conception of what evil was, then that's an unfair <coughs> commandment. Right right what was it that they were reaching for when they mm-hmm. reached I, I i lean towards the exegesis that says what what they were leaning toward or what they were reaching out to grasp was the right to determine what was good and evil mm-hmm. and in babel what you have is you have as daniel pointed out in your conversation before is you have men trying to reach the heavens to reclaim the right to make those distinctions and then now you move on to abraham right so you have perfect paradise men are kicked out for trying to uh see something that they're not entitled to divine prerogative now you come to genesis chapter 11 you have people trying to build their own paradise exclude god right not god excluding them because of their sin now they're excluding god yeah right so god has to confuse them send them out but still, what do they do? They still coalesce in the cities, and that's where Abraham is called out of, right? Abraham is most likely called out of a place that's very near um, where the Tower of Babel was. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's, it's her. So yep. I love where you're going with this exegetically, because now if we take to the Hebrew meaning of Abram's name, before it's transitions, before it's changed, a little name theology here, Abram means high and exalted mm-hmm. and it's changed to father of many mm. father of many nations but initially he is father um father of high exaltedness mm. or highness yeah and highness becomes father of nations sub servient to the divine mm-hmm. which in the stories in the biblical account of Genesis, of the fall, and of course with Babel, they are striving to be their own gods, mm-hmm. be like God, but <clears throat> not subservient to God. Now dialing that forward to your question, Pastor, uh, and yours as well, Roger, with respect to missions. Because yeah. in the military, we always talk about missions. This is your mission. mission. Yeah. So what is our mission yeah. as believers as we are going on missions for God, how, how are we structuring that? Mm. And we've got to unpack, there's a lot of things. The first off yep. is our intent, and Roger, you, you nailed us on that. Um, our intent is God, God's mm-hmm. first. 
not about me <laughs> pinning medals on my chest and, and you know, tabs and so, all these things. Go ahead, Pastor. So it's interesting as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking here right behind you, Daniel, yeah. is Main Street and dozens of cars go by. And, and if they were to pop in here, they would say, yeah, listen, this is a nice story. But why doesn't God just do his thing and let me do my thing? Mm. Why do these two worlds have to intersect? You know, God is God. He, let him run his program. Sure. I got my little world, uh, and, and here I am cruising down Main Street. Everything's fine. Why, why do I need to be a part of this? And, and my answer to that person would be come from, um, I think it's Henry David Thoreau. Mm-hmm who said without laws men would become wolves to one another ah so without god's divine law yeah telling me that i should love i'm all about self babel yeah i would be a wolf yeah to my brethren mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's pretty good that's pretty good and and laws are there because we are interconnected we are we are interconnected and we need that and and ultimately you know, Jesus talks about, you know, the law is based off of love. And that's part of the big picture here is we are designed for a relationship. And and ultimately, we're designed for a relationship with, with our creator. Amen. This is not just some sort of ivory tower idea. This is actual real life stuff. Yeah. And Have one of re- the texts, I'm so, sorry, Nigel, one of the texts we come across, um, and I think it's we'll, we'll see a little bit more development of it when we get to lesson four. Mm-hmm. But one of the big themes in this here lesson is that they will know we are believers by our love by our for love. one another. So that interconnectivity, that, that relationship, yeah. that me going along in my car, uh, it must be, my entire life must be permeated and peppered yeah. with this love that helps me behave less like a wolf yeah. and more like a sheep. You know, Daniel, because I care about you guys and our listeners, I will not sing that song. <laughs> they know, they will know. You know what I'm talking about? I do. When they will know we are Christians, Christians by, by our, our love. love. Yes. I'm not singing it. Why not? But, but no, 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 no. <laughs> they don't, they don't give voice spirit. lessons in seminary anymore? Well, they... That, <laughs> They gave uh, up they on never me. Did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, beautiful song, though. It is. It really is. So, um, but again, this brings us back to why all of this stuff mm. here in Genesis chapter one. We're we're right now in Genesis well, twelve. You know the the illustration you used, Pastor. You said somebody just pops in here and says, uh, "This is a nice story." But why can't God just leave me alone and let me go and do my mm. thing? And the mm-hmm. thing is, well, He does. Yeah. He does. Hmm. Um, but the reality is <clears throat> that uh, you're going to obey a law, mm. yeah. to use you guys' as terms. Or, you know, you're going to be subservient right. to something. Something, exactly. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, just basic metaphysics says, well, you can't. <laughs> there are min- most of the things that occur in this universe are outside of any of one of our individual's control. Yeah. And yeah. so you're going to be subservient to some sort of power or authority around you. You know, I think most people that listen know I'm a political scientist, and that's why I study this stuff um, because it's very much related to uh, the, the the gospel and the biblical story. Because that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's really what it is. Like you're going to serve somebody. I'm glad you said and that. Who because are you going to serve? I'm glad you said that because it, it occurred to me that 
you know, chapter 11 and 12 are, are juxtaposed, not by accident, mm. but when you look at it, you see man's building this tower, and then you get into Abram's family, the call of Abram. Abram's got a big problem on his hands. Sure. He has no children. Right. Where, how is he going to build this? These nations. Yeah, how is he going to do this? <laughs> and it goes back to faith. Yes. And Sarah, you know, when the visitors come, we're going to get in that a little bit, she laughs. Yes. And and uh, they, that's a funny dialogue because the visitor says, you laughed. No, I didn't. She, did not, she, she <laughs> like, denies it's like, it. It's like, okay, you can tell God anything you want to. And, and uh, you just think you've got him fooled, but you really don't. You don't. At any rate. Yeah. Well, and there's another thing, too, uh, since, you're at that, since you're at that point of the story. Now right? I'm too far ahead. But anyway. Well, it's yeah. okay. We, we make the rules here. We may have, oh, no. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but you're at that point of the story, right? So they're on the, the, the plane of Mamre, right? And so yeah. he sees the three figures come. And this this relates to the idea of, you know, somebody asked, like, well, why, why does any of this matter? Yeah. yeah. Would you rather work for or be subservient right. to an authority who says, do this because I say so, because I right. can make you? Right. Or would you rather do this for an authority that when you ask for an explanation, which is what Abraham does when God sends the yeah. angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, off, allows you to ask questions mm. yeah. and provides you, not only provides you with answers, but gives you the opportunity to persuade him Bargain. to do otherwise. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, come let us reason together, he says to Isaiah. You yeah. know, should I withhold from Abraham all that I'm going to do? Now, there are plenty of authorities in the world that do exactly that. Yes. Right. We, we yeah. live in a country with a government that hides most of what it does from its citizens. Mm. Most countries do. Yeah. Parents do it to their children. Yes. Schools do it to their students. Um, employers do it to their employees. Yeah. Right. But God, this authority, God, you know, like this ideal we all have. And like John Calvin talked about this thing called the census divinitatis, right? Mm -hmm. Latin for the divine sensibility, divine right? Mm. And we, we inherently know that there's, these, there's, there's, there's authorities above us. And so uh, taking that concept, you know, everybody knows that they're, again, subservient or, or accountable to something. Yep. Yep. And so God does give us a choice about what authority we're going to be accountable to. Mm-hmm. Right. He says, you can be accountable to me. And then to use Jesus's words, you know, my, 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 my burden is easy. My yoke is light or my yoke mm. is easy. My burden is light. Or you can go work yeah. for one of these other authorities out there. And I'm talking supernatural authorities, of course, yeah. at this point mm. that says, Hey, you're going to do it because I made you right. Yeah. Or bargain in the sense that, Hey, look at all that I provide. See, that's the thing. God doesn't say, look at all I've provided for you now gun to your head do yeah. what I'm telling you to do. Mm. You can walk away at any time, right? But nefarious forces don't allow you to. And so yeah. that's kind of like off the whole topic of mission, but that's a mission. That's a, that's the story that that's the question you're going to be asked when you go out into our culture. Why does any of this see, matter to me? You see, that's part of what I think really needs to be addressed is what are we called to tell people? Hmm. What are we called to communicate? And that's where I think this is very germane because going back to, well, either we're a resident of the city of Babel or a resident of the city of God. Mm. And, and you know, building this tower is tiring, it's uncertain, it's wearying, and God is saying, oh, wait a second, I got a better plan. Skip mm. chapter 11, 
go to chapter 12 <laughs> yeah and and i look at what i'm gonna do to this guy named or for this guy named abram and and it's pretty powerful what he wants to do and and you know it's all about you know what's cool about abram is he gets a new name and mm-hmm. you know what what does god do with us he gives us a new name he takes care of our past gives us a present he gives us a future it's a whole total what they used to what's that show uh, extreme home home makeover home makeovers, home yeah. makeover. Yeah, good show good show <laughs> so one of the things i'm thinking about though is you know again coming back to us how do we in the 21st century now um relate to god abraham and you know mm-hmm. roger talked about that relationship where he could negotiate with God mm-hmm. um, his interaction with respect to Lot and yeah, what was going to happen yeah. to Sodom and Gomorrah yep. um, but how, how do we relate to that today um, because we've, we've heard about love mm-hmm. um, that being our, our main guidance or our main guide um, but there's some other things the lesson brings out too. Yeah, there it are. talks about Abraham's um, <clears throat> hospitality, him welcoming others, yep. um, the strangers, which was of course Jesus and these two angels that were going down to visit in yep. investigative judgment on Sodom. On, on Sodom. Yep. So, so there's the hospitality. We find Abram, um, I'm sorry, Lot sitting in the <coughs> gate of the city. Yeah. Um, significant. Usually, someone who is in a leadership role mm-hmm. is in the gate yeah. to welcome um, and to refuse mm-hmm. those who are not or undesirable to come into a city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the shepherd in the Far East. You'll find shepherd shepherd folds are kind of U-shaped, and the pre the shepherd lays down across the front yeah. of that yeah. and jesus used the same analogy i'm the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep yeah. so in the 21st century we don't have sheeps like that we don't right. you know we're not um, in settings where we have that kind of thing going on but how are we guardians hmm. for everyone for the community how do we take that same hospitality that same love Mm. the same intercession abraham Mm. does that too on behalf of lot while he's bargaining with god he intercedes for him and um, i think one of our mission requirements because that's what we talk about in the armed forces mission requirements is to be a guardian for our communities is to mm. be um, interceding yeah. for our communities and is to be um, that access point that evil needs to somehow defeat mm-hmm. to mm. get into the community and and to do the havoc that evil wants to do. Um, Jesus later on would refer to that as being salt and light. You are the yeah. light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. I think by teasing through this lesson, you can glean some of the tenets mm-hmm. of mission that God has in store for us as believers that is real, is practical, that we can put in place beyond these 
boundaries of the church. Mm-hmm. It's in our home life. Yeah. It's in our public life. It's in our service life. What I think you're calling us to do yeah. is to actually care. Yes. To care. Amen. And Amen. to be to be in the community. To be yes. in it, yep. And not just, uh, you know, enclosed in our little enclave yep. here. Because yes. I... Like I, I would, you said that uh, Abraham was interceding on behalf of Lot. I wouldn't say that. I would say inter- Abraham was interceding on behalf of the entire city. He was on account Amen. of his nephew being there. Good point. Right. Good so point. he actually was saying, "You're going to destroy this whole city, yeah. right? But what if there's a hundred people yeah. that yeah. are righteous in that city? What if there's fifty? What if there's you know ten? And so he's interceding for the whole city." Amen. And then you get into the salt aspect of it, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. Lot yep. and his family had seasoned these sinful, wicked places and caused God's servant that the, the guy that God literally like comes over for dinner. Yes. Yeah. And he's going like, all right, I know we just had dinner and you're going to go like burn these cities to the ground, God. But can I just say, like, maybe you don't want to do that. Mm. Yeah. Right. Good now stuff. you think of, again, authority, other authorities in the universe, supernatural and not supernatural. How many of them are willing for you to sit down, you know, and say like, Hey, um, maybe, maybe we shouldn't kill all these people. Yeah. You know, and, maybe and, we shouldn't do this. Yeah. And, and I mm, think that's, point. that's a very good point because Excellent. What investment does Abram have in 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 Sodom? Mm. Nothing. Nothing. There's just no, his family. Just his, well, part of yeah. his family. Yeah, his, yeah, his, it's part of his family. But you know, I think like I think like Roger was saying, you know, these are human beings. These right. are these are other people. And I would point. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt no, no, you, no. but you just made me think. This is okay. This is Abraham. Let's think. Let's put this in the c- context here, right? Abraham is like. Uh, like a prince Mm -hmm. okay his tribes and his flocks are like an independent floating country yes yeah okay this is the guy that went to war yeah with two kings to rescue lot yeah that's right now he probably has the capability to go to sodom and gomorrah and do sort of the same thing he might even be able to just show up there and be like hey i'm abraham um you're not going to do that so the house guests mm-hmm. of my yeah. nephew and they probably be like oh man we we, we offended abraham we know right. who this guy is he he defeated he went to war with these other two kings yep. he could have done that yeah and we not we never really stopped to think about that but instead he bargains on behalf of these people with yeah. god who can destroy them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and a god that's to them foreign mm-hmm. um in many respects um mm-hmm. and this is one of those second occasions where we see um, what they threatened to do to Lot, um, we see it also, it's later on emulated in a situation with the Levites mm-hmm. um, in the judges. Mm. And the mm. concept was that they used that, what we looked at as a shameful practice, to emasculate a leader in the society. And this is what this is the this is the fervor, this is the the soup that Lot is in. Mm-hmm. You give us these men, or we will mm-hmm. do to you what we plan to do to them. Mm-hmm. And as we see that repeated um, in the judges, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you give us these, you know, 
uh, that that guy that comes in there or and she said take my daughters they've known no men and take mm. my you know yeah. um she was his concubine mm-hmm. yeah. take my concubine yeah. so that this was a practice sadly an anthropological practice that they've learned that was done to reduce someone in society and lots in it and this is of course i'm, I'm getting us off the base here where this lesson is going but this is a whole nother um these were not nice people no and abraham a prince is interceding for them and it's not it's it's not off the lesson because what's the lesson say take us out of our comfort zone yes do you think lot was in his comfort zone in sodom and gomorrah no no probably not like we lot gets a bad rap because of some of the things that happened Yep. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, he was part of the chosen family, you know, sure. like he's included in the covenant relationship. Sure. And uh, yeah, he, he definitely out of his comfort zone. Absolutely. Uh, and thanks for bringing but, us back but, to that, too, because yeah. that's a tough one. It is a tough one. It is tough. To, to love uh, when we're out of our comfort zone. Go ahead, Pastor. And, and I think when we look at this story, you know, when I, when I first, years ago, when I first read the story about Lot, how he treated his daughter, I was totally floored yeah. i mean i can't even think the right word but i said yeah. this guy somebody said he is the biggest jerk in the bible <laughs> that's putting it nicely yes that's saying uh, something because there's a lot there's a lot but i mean this guy and and abram saves him now of course there's a family relationship there yes um it's more like a son than he's more a like nephew. a son yeah, yeah. but it's just yeah. like Okay, Abram, was this a really good idea? I mean, this yeah. guy was not your, you know, outstanding moral, you know, go beyond the call citizen. He yeah. was, you know, here he is pitching his tent toward Sodom. Yeah. He's going as close as he can to the flame. And then he doesn't treat his daughters well. <clears throat> no. I mean, there's strike one, strike two, strike three. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Lot. You know, let's part ways and and salvation by grace, though. But, well, but that's no different, it. no different to the men that's um, what, of his time either. Well, that's what I'm saying yeah. is it's we need to not write off anybody. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that puts us out of our comfort zone. It does. <laughs> What's that mean? Salvation by grace. Like that's what? It. What have you done that Jesus came and would die for you? Yeah. You know, like that. We ended the the last lesson. Um, for the uh, Ephesians, and you know that was how we kind of ended it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, I think you watched it, right? Like yeah, from home, yeah, and yep, um, you guys did good. That's how we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we had the conference president and the yeah, I know, right? audience. Yeah. You know, no pressure. That's why the heresy no, meter didn't go so high. No, we had to make no a pressure, good impression. No Hi, Pastor Folkenberg, if you're listening, thank you for joining us that day. Um, <laughs> no, it really was a pleasure. He did a great job. Amen. But, um, yeah, salvation by grace. I mean, that, that's why, again, somebody walks in and says, why right. should I pay attention to this? And it's like, okay, well, should you love people? Maybe. Do you have the sense that, um, A, you should have freedom of will, mm-hmm. freedom of choice, and B, do you have a sense that you should use that freedom of choice in order to maybe make the world a better place, maybe ease the suffering of another human being, mm-hmm. that you should give someone a second chance? And the economy of the world says no. So you said strike one, strike two, strike three. All right, lot, you're out. Right. right? 
Abraham said, no, I'm still going to, I'm still going to, I'm still going to go after this person. And then the whole story of the gospel is, you know, the, 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 the father of the prodigal son, we talk about mm. gates, right? You talk about mm-hmm. gates who ran out to the gate to meet the son when he was still far off. He was just making yeah. his way back. Yes. And the father went out to meet him. And so um, it all kind of sort of links together. And that's a very uncomfortable thing for us to do because you, 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 even with our children, you like, well, how many chances do I give? Yeah. I just had this discussion with my daughter at dinner. She was like, well, dad, you know, this person's done a lot of bad things. And, and I'm just like, do you know what I'm going to say? We've had this conversation enough. I'm like, do you, do you know what I'm going to say? And she's like, yes, yeah, 70 times seven. Yeah. And I was just yeah. like, you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feels yeah. good doesn't it it does feel yeah. good so but that's yeah. but i mean Amen. that's what it is and if we if we really believe that you know we we use a lot of in our culture we use a lot of language about love and forgiveness and acceptance and all this sort of thing and it's like do we really ever stop to really think what that looks like mm. well that's it it's it's we keep it in theory right. it's platitudes really yeah and and when by the way we're here and we're recording in a conference room and for how whatever reason mosquitoes have seemed to invade it our I little uh, no gone. no 70 times seven chances for <laughs> <laughs> i've done my share <laughs> since i've been sitting here <laughs> well listen um one thing that the lesson does do it's it's just really quick it's worthy of noting hmm. that on monday's lesson it does go through a quick lineage here or uh, sort of a checklist of messianic prophecy texts hmm. which is worthy of noting just simply the fact that some people may say well what are we sharing and it's important to say well the bible does talk about the uh promise of a messiah who will come and crush the Satan, the head of the serpent and of course uh isaiah 9 5, 9 6 is the key text for unto us a child is born and of course and i'm really going fast in this matthew Jesus is born and and because he will save us from our sins so um, on Tuesday's lesson there's a little vignette there about uh, Abram not being perfect and uh, on it's Genesis chapter 12 where Abram tells Sarai to lie Mm. and and you know it's interesting is we may say to ourselves I can't witness I'm not perfect. Mm. I don't have it all together. Well, neither did Abram change the world and neither did he. And so that's part of the takeaway on this lesson, my friends. We are not called to be perfect witnesses. We are called to just simply witness, telling other people what God has done for us. And so that brings us, we're going to fast forward, we get to quarterly, takes us into Acts chapter 8 about the very very early church and the dynamics they went through Hmm. as they found themselves with uh, uh, growing and they had people from different walks of life different uh, backgrounds and in acts chapter 8 we see the one of the descriptions of the early church and at first it was being persecuted and um Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Acts chapter one. Oh no. Here, Acts, Acts eight one through four, and uh, talking about persecution, and a guy named Saul was there, and he was persecuting people, mm-hmm. the believers, 
And um, verse 4, those who've been scattered preach the word wherever they went. So it's interesting is wherever we may find ourselves, share what we know. Amen. Amen. Yeah, what is that expression? Bloom, blossom where you are planted. Yes. And there is that element to this here. And then in, in Acts chapter 10, again, we're called to leave our comfort zones. Amen. And that is a challenge for everyone everyone to to be able to leave our comfort zone so any thoughts on this my esteemed colleagues here well um you know so comfort zones at least one of the ways i'm looking at it now switch to this thing um you know a comfort zone that i occupy it's, it's good that I feel good there, but it's detrimental in that um, it can take me away from or can prevent me from doing the ministry that God has in store for me to do. So I think one of the themes that the lesson was bringing out is that comfort zones can be a barrier to ministry, can mm-hmm. be a barrier to missions. Mm-hmm. And we need to be mindful of are the comfort zones we inhabit because they can prevent us from yeah. doing what God intends for us to do. The more I'm comfortable, I need to be careful. Yeah. yeah. And Acts chapter 10, just in case you're wondering, that's where Peter has a vision, and uh, he sees a sheet being let down mm-hmm. with all sorts of creatures in it, and he's offended by it. Yep. He says, and because the voice says, get up and eat. Yes. He says, you know, I've never done this. I'm never going to do it. Right. And God says, hey, look what, what I've made clean. Don't you dare call it unclean. And, mm. you know, this is, of course, there's this is a, a, a metaphor for to tell Peter, get going, bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Yes. Bring it to the Gentiles. And this concept was probably pretty foreign to him at first because... Mm. You know that the saying was, "I first came to the first to the house of Israel, and now it's like, what we're going to the Gentiles." Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, um, that's taking pushing somebody out of their comfort zone. Yes, and I think that's something that we as believers, um, you know, we struggle with it at times. Yes, we do. So. I would say uh, also it's not just us going out of our comfort zones. It's when people who make us uncomfortable enter into our comfort zones. Mm. Good point. Also, yes. Good um, point. You know, like you think of uh, someone who it doesn't really happen in this part of the country. I mean, it does from time to time. You get people that, for whatever reason, they wander into churches. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they don't know when to stand up and sit down and when to kneel and when to say this and when to say that. And, you yep. know, um, and for all of our talk of being a Protestant church, you know, we do have our, our rituals and traditions. Our traditions yeah. And, uh, you know, it can make people feel uncomfortable and we immediately know when people don't belong. Yep. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few people and I'm really glad that we've done it. I'm proud, not in a sinful, I don't think in a sinful sort of way, um, about some of the progress we've made at the college church in this. And I'm not trying to toot my own, our own horn or anything. Mm-hmm. 
but we have a few people who have been visiting on a very regular basis and they come and they, their clothes are very different. Yeah. Um, and you know, they wear jewelry and things like that and yep. nobody bats an eyelash. And I think yep. that's awesome. It is good um, because we're just welcoming them and, 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 um, yeah, I, but I think that's something that, you know, it's not just a physical place, no, right? right? It can be emotional. It can be intellectual. Um, and there are plenty of places around here, you know, for the longest time we talked about this in that last Sabbath school for Ephesians, Tom Bloom and I, and, you know, for the longest time we, uh, we had this idea that like to get out of our comfort zone, we had to go to like Tanzania or something. Right. And it's like, no man, like just walk, walk down the street. There's yeah. plenty of people who are different from us. Yes. Um, who, but then, and then that, that leads to a whole new conversation of like, well, how do you, how do you talk about this? It comes right back around to somebody wanders in here and says, why should I care? Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's contextual. There's no, I don't think you can give a manual that says we used to do that. You know, I took a, <laughs> an evangelism course at AUC yep. and it was like a manual and it was like, you know, you need to approach these kinds of people and you, and use these words. And that just, yeah, maybe that worked well, in 1950, well, but just, it doesn't work today. Just, just think about yeah. it for a second here. Let's say it's, God said to the three of us, this Sabbath, get in your car, drive, what's it, 35, 40 minutes to a place called Harvard University, mm. and right there on the square, pull out some guitars, start singing Kumbaya, mm -hmm. and uh, some, um, you know, some of the old songs, and start preaching the word. You know, we'd be like... Okay, Lord, what's 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 up your sleeve here? You know, we're, we're going into the probably one of the most secular uh, universities in the world, and we we are being led to say, "Hey, there is a God we serve." I started seminary there. Did you really? <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so good thing you got out. I would well, I, and I would take um, my students. When I was down here at the academy, I took uh -huh. them there one time, and I got um got some got bread donated. Oh, I see. And yeah, we were yeah. giving it out to the um to the homeless because there's a lot oh, of yeah. homeless yeah, there are. in um in that square. So mm -hmm. my students were like, "Wow, I can't believe!" It. And I'm like, "Yeah, amidst yeah. all this mm -hmm. wealth, yeah, you have people that don't have." So yeah, yeah. it was a good yeah. thing. It was a good. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and but coming back to this is like uh you know what what's what is God up to? Yes. You know, what is God up to? Yes. And and uh it may be just to say, Okay, I open experience people will say, I didn't realize that there was this other part of this world. Yes. Maybe we need to do it just because it will fortify our faith or maybe we need to do it because maybe there will be a passerby who will say, Oh wow, I remember that song when I was a kid. You guys Christians, mm. you know, and begin a conversation. But who's to say I would disabuse us of of the notion that who's to say we're ever going to see the results? Right, right. You know, Sometimes I think we need to get over that. Yeah. Like I'm Sometimes big on that. Like yeah. the metrics of baptisms and yeah. tithe revenues and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I mean, I understand the church has to keep records and yeah. have metrics yeah. and things like that. But yeah. as if, like for individual congregations that are trying to find mission you know and people get discouraged and say well you know we did this yeah did this thing and and you know here we are we've been doing this project for a year and we've only baptized one person you know and then you yeah. do these sort of like cost benefit analyses guess what you can't do a cost benefit analysis no. on the gospel man no. you know what i mean like jesus died 
the son of God died. Yep. He was executed by the largest empire in the world. Yep. And he would have done it for one person. Yep. Like there's no cost benefit analysis to that, you know? Yep. So I think we need to sort of like rethink how we approach these things. Since yep. then that's a comfort zone we need to get out yep. of too. Yep. Is it practical? Uh, is what practical? Leaving that comfort zone, and and, and I'm, I'm I'm being devil's advocate here. <laughs> well, um, because you know that was one of the things that I was um, I was told when I was in seminary. I was in field school, I remember, and I said, um, "Listen, man, I'm I'm not into the numbers thing." Mm. And of course, the head of field school and and the church we were at, he was like, "Well, you know, look, you're getting the numbers." So you got to go out and get them, and, and I want to come with you because you're you're able to reach these people that we want to reach. But it was not about the numbers. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, you're talking about a paradigm shift from the way the church is conditioned to do ministry, yeah. and I think that that's necessary, but the locus to, to switch that. I, I think I think leadership has a difficult time with that mm-hmm. because now they're out of their comfort zone. They think numbers and they think salvation. And if they're following the model of Acts when mm-hmm. after the after the spirit came upon the believers, they, they got somewhere in a ballpark of what five thousand in yeah. in a day yep. so 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 that's a comfort zone i think mm-hmm. a paradigm shift that i think ministry needs to make that is not about numbers mm-hmm. it's about lives lot becomes the progenitor of eventually ruth who mm becomes the great great grandmother of their greatest king Mm -hmm. and then later on jesus comes through that bloodline Mm -hmm. so that we cannot count the souls and the lives we touch um by our metrics right we can't we we do it but i think we shouldn't i think there's an argument that we should not lives touch um you just can't measure that Yeah. yeah yeah And I mean, I, again, I, I don't mean to go off on a tangent. Everybody here knows I can be a little bit anti-establishment, <laughs> um, anti-authoritarian. Um, and, you know, I get, I get why they do it. Yeah. I also have some critiques of why they do it that I won't get into right now because I don't have the mm-hmm. pastor. I'll make the pastor turn red. <laughs> <laughs> but you mean just, or, or disavow any knowledge disavow. of your, of your I don't know. name? I don't, met the guy. I don't know, I don't know guy. that guy. He just walked in he, and put on a set of headphones and started talking. jibber jabbing. <laughs> we invited um, him. <laughs> but yeah, and it's not going to change overnight. And I just, yeah. I just wish we could get out of that. Uh, you know. That, that sort of, like I said, that cost-benefit analysis. Yeah. Was it Midian? Was it Midian? Is that the Midianites? So, Ruth was a what? Was she, she was a Moabite. 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 Moabite okay. Yeah. yeah. They were, and, and Moabites were considered uh, not clean. Right. Not clean. Right. Kind of like Edom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like they the were cousins, but they, yes, uh, they were. Yeah. 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 Because Lot's daughters, you know, 
take him and and mm. that's how the Moabite people come about yeah yep. so Moabites were Moabite women were considered taboo yeah yeah, yeah. And that's again, but, but that's you know that those comfort zones, and then you have uh, goodness gracious, there's so many oh, yeah. uh, examples of them. Yep. You know, you have Moses marrying a Midian. That was a Midianite. Was a Midianite. Uh, yeah. Moses marrying into a Midianite family, and his father-in-law is a Midianite priest. That's and there's good reasons to think that he was a pagan priest who had a cult dedicated to Yahweh. Yeah, and he probably filled Moses in on a lot of the. Uh, cultural heritage of of the worship of the biblical God, and so, yeah. you know, the, you, 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 and then uh, Naaman, you know, and he's a perfect. I know I use him a lot, but I love that story <laughs> because he comes in, and he's 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 baptized, right? He's converted, and then he's like, "All right, I'm going back to where I came from." Right, he doesn't get circumcised and start no. paying the temple yeah. tax or anything yeah. like that. No. You know, he he goes back to where he came from, mm. and you know that that this is the kind of stuff that makes us uncomfortable. If you had a guy walk in here and say, "Hey, yeah, I believe this whole thing. You guys have convinced me. I want to be baptized," and then he was like, "All right, I'm out. I'm going to go spread the word somewhere else." Like, yeah, that's a that would uh, in accounting terms, that's a failure. Yeah, you know, yeah. like <laughs> so the structures structures are. Comfort zones, yeah. but but gotta break them. <laughs> I, I I do need to add this one little caveat. I'm as as I see more and more, we 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 need to embrace the fact that we are not we're never called to be lone ranger Christians. No, correct. We need each other. Yes. And when like I like your illustration about a guy says, "Okay, I'm out here. I'm going to spread the gospel." <laughs> I would say, "Listen, man." You know, uh, this is you need you need somebody by your side. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and but I mean, I see what you're saying. It's yeah. it's it's. Uh, there still <laughs> needs to be community. Community is a key community. So, you know. but listen, we are running out of time. Yes. Um, again, um, you know, Thursday's lesson just the subtitle the subtitle there starting from where you are, good idea. You know, it could be as simple as praying, Lord. Help me to have a meaningful conversation with somebody about religion and about you Amen. this month, this year, mm. before Christmas. Um, could be, Lord, you know that person over there. I feel like they are, you know, uh, unclean. I mm. feel like they are uh, the Moabites, whatever we're talking about. And, and Lord, help me to process that. Mm. Help me to see that you died for them Amen. and to love them the way you the way you love them. Amen. And that, I think, is important because, uh, uh, you know, otherwise we just sort of stand there with our hands mm -hmm. in our pockets and we look at our neighbor who we don't really like. And we're, okay, well, one day, one day, one day, one day. Well, one day comes and you, you need to say, okay, this is the day I've just you could be you don't have to get in a deep discussion right. but just somehow broach the subject and i'm hoping that this quarterly will give us some tools mm. on how to build 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 that bridge so Actually, i have a neighbor i don't really know and i, I you think i so that's part well, of the problem you know i think we should probably you know i mean we were friendly you know yeah hi good yep, morning yep yep right whatever you know but you know we don't really go out of our way yeah to even just be neighborly hmm. other yeah. than hi good morning how are you have a nice day right. you cut a mean lawn you know what i mean <laughs> yeah whatever yeah. uh 
So just you know, think of that. And what it could be is something as simple as you know, on Thanksgiving and Christmas, just make it be a more in, inten, intensive, uh, intentional, and mm-hmm. and doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, um, there, there's so many things that we could do. So so I'm gonna give a plug here because before you know it's Christmas time, and we really have a wonderful Christmas Eve program here. Yeah. And you know it might be a cool time to invite people over for the Christmas Eve program. It's you show up at I don't know what it is seven o'clock. You're done at eight. Go home. Just a very meaningful meaningful experience. Oh, and we also in the conference also we have the live nativity this year. We're working on that. So that's that's, and I'm hoping you guys will sign up. We need we need volunteers. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, I, I took part in the Christmas program last year. And um, it was that, does, that doesn't count. Well, it, no, it, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was such a blessing, though. I, okay. I was saying that it was such a blessing. Yeah, I would absolutely love to go again. All right, sounds yeah. good. It sounds was good. just a blessing sounds for me. Good. And yeah. but listen, we, we, Fred, we, we need to wrap up. <laughs> Daniel, would you pray for us? As absolutely. We close? Let's put us our heads. Heavenly Father, we have talked, we have laughed, mm. we have shared some wonderful ideas regarding your word, regarding bringing that gospel, that love, that connection to people. I pray, Father, that as we continue to do these studies, you will guide us, show us new ways, and help us to really act them out, to really carry them out, Father. Help us to deliver on what we study. I pray that as we continue to do these podcasts, that we'll be a blessing to someone hearing and inspire them to go and share your love. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your life. Thank you to our producer, Megan Jones. And uh, we thank the College Church for allowing us to have this equipment and the room to meet and just the opportunity to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts. So we wish you God's blessing. Hope you'll be able to uh, catch our next podcast. Thank you. May God bless. If you are looking for a community, have some questions about the discussion, or would like to participate in a live Sabbath school class, please join us every Saturday at 10 a.m. for Sabbath school and 1115 for our worship service at 337 Main Street, South Lancaster, Massachusetts. This has been a production by the College Church's Communication slash Media Ministry. If you were blessed by this podcast, please like, follow, and subscribe. Join us next week for another lesson and let us all remember to love more, grow more, and serve more.